When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple different things here today. Um, there's a really interesting story that I was reading about uh, that happened in 1978 in New Jersey. Uh, I'm going to go go through that first. Uh, it's a very terrifying story, I think. Uh, it involves three boys who were uh, boot skating in uh, Montvale, New Jersey back in 1978, January of 1978. And uh, they saw a UFO, and then they saw some really strange creatures. I guess this is one of those cases, again, that goes to show that it's not just the little short gray aliens. It's not just uh, insectoid uh, praying mantis aliens. It's not just reptilians. Uh, Sometimes there's other things that people see that seem to be, you don't hear about them that much. I, I never heard of creatures that looked like this before. Uh, but it must have been ex- extremely terrifying for these three uh, young boys. Uh, and actually, it was a, a case that was actually investigated by uh, three different UFO researchers, including the late Bud Hopkins. Uh, very interesting case. And here I, I, there was an article here I dug up. It's, uh, it was written by uh, James uh, Deem, James M. Deem. And this guy actually has some books and he also has a website. I'll leave the link for this article so you can check the entire story out for yourself. But I find this one extremely interesting. Anyway, we're going to go through some of this article by James Deem. Uh, it says here, on January 31st, 1978, three young boys were boot skating on the ice-covered playing field of the Montvale Memorial Elementary School in Montvale, New Jersey. Eddie Hargrove, his brother Michael, and their friend John Cummings watched as a flying object approached and hovered overhead. Since it remained stationary for almost five minutes, the boys got a good look at the object. It was square with rounded corners and appeared to have a dome on top. It had a yellow light at each corner and a light underneath, which cast a red beam that stopped just short of the ground. Now that's interesting, a beam that stops before it hits the ground. What kind of what kind of light is that? And not only that, but this isn't your, uh, it's no circular shaped object, obviously. It's square, square shaped object. Uh, you don't usually hear that. Uh, Anyway, it says here, Eddie, Michael, and John quickly realized that they were seeing something strange. As the object moved away, they became frightened and ran to the dugout by the school's baseball diamond. By then, the object had disappeared. Before they could discuss what had happened, they noticed what looked like a man in a yellow jogging suit across the road from the field. Michael thought it was a neighbor who frequently jogged in the evening. He was soon to find out, however, that uh, it was an old... Uh, guy he knew. Mr. Johnson, Michael called to the man, did you see that UFO? Immediately, the man turned toward the boys, and Michael gasped. The man was not Mr. Johnson. His head was shaped oddly and had a crease down the forehead. He looked more like a hawk than a man. Then, before he could answer, ten other creatures, all in yellow jogging suits, joined him. Each one was bald and had large, dark, square places 
where his eyes should have been. Their skin was light yellow. They walked stiffly like Nazi soldiers, according to John. Have you heard of Hitler's army? John later asked the ufologist who interviewed him. You know how they walked kind of stiff with their arms straight? Well, that's how they looked. But the joggers weren't the only strange thing that the boys saw after the UFO. All three noticed that the surroundings had grown eerily silent. They also smelled the odor of burning sulfur. Now that is really weird. Like what in God's name was going on here? Mustering their courage, they left the dugout to get a better look at the yellow-suited creatures. Some were walking back and forth while others headed down a nearby road. Then the boys noticed another figure, a woman, they believed. She was wearing a short dress and had no facial features. As Eddie said, she just had skin on her face. She walked down the road to a low fence where she sat down. She pointed at the three boys as if to signal them, then raised her arms skyward. Eddie, Michael, and John looked up and saw the squarish object flying toward them. The woman stood up and began to walk away. A police car drove toward her, but as it approached, she disappeared. After it had passed the spot where she had been, the boy saw her reappear and continue walking. As she got farther away, something even stranger happened. Parts of her, the three boys later reported, kept going away, disappearing and coming back again. Finally, the woman walked through the rear wall of a building and disappeared completely. So did the creatures in the yellow suits, but the boys had concentrated so much on observing the woman that they did not see what had happened to the men. Now everything was normal again, almost. Uh, it wasn't normal. Well, they they were petrified out of their minds. Uh, uh, the boy, and he, they took off and they, they went, ran back to John's house and they're banging on the door and John's brother Hilton looked out the window to see what was the matter. He saw the boys at the door, but he also saw a spinning object in the sky. It had yellow and red lights exactly where the three boys had seen them earlier. Hilton let his brother and his friends in. After a few minutes' discussion, they decided to telephone the police. As it turned out, no other UFO reports had been made that night, but the boys didn't doubt for a moment what they had seen. Uh, there's a, there's more to this article here, but uh, I'll, I'll leave the link so you can check it out for yourselves. A lot of speculation here. We Nobody really knows what happened here, but... Uh, the investigation into this by these UFO researchers, they, they couldn't, they didn't think these guys, these boys were lying. They believed that they were telling them the truth. They interviewed them in the, individually and they all basically had the same story to tell and they were very sincere. Uh, but you don't usually hear stuff like this. This is, this is a really odd one. Uh, now you have to, you could, you could speculate on what happened here. Okay, there was this, they see this craft hovering over them. Next thing you know, there's these weird guys walking around with bald heads and, and black spots where their eyes should, should be. And they're walking like uh, something out of uh, Nazi Germany. And, uh, and then they get their, their focus is diverted to some strange looking woman who appear, disappears and then reappears and parts of her are, are there. And then she walks into a wall, walks through a wall and it's gone. And then they notice that the guys are gone. Was it was was that just a Holland grab, perhaps, with the woman to, to divert the attention of these boys from seeing where these other things were going? Who knows? Who knows? But it, it's it's a very frightening story to say the least. Uh, uh, 
uh, you could only all we could do is speculate. I would love. I, I don't know if, if the, the, these kids they probably probably about the same age as I am. I mean, this is there are three young boys. I would I would have been in January thirty first, nineteen seventy eight. I would have been nine years old. I wonder if there any of them are still around. I, I would love to interview them, uh, talk to these guys, and see what they have to say after all these years uh, about this incident. Uh, but uh, there's a drawing here of these creatures, like uh, profile that that's included with this article. Very strange looking, something out of a re- it's something out of an extremely frightening, scary movie. That's what that looks like. Uh, but what you know, you have to wonder what is going on here with these with these things. Okay, th- was this uh, was the beam that they saw coming down from this craft? Was that how these uh, beings got down to the field? And wh- where were they going? What happened to them? What what are they doing here? Uh, it's it's like an, it sounds like an invasion, right? I mean, there's a whole bunch of these things walking around. Uh, so I don't know. It's just incredible. It's an incredible story, and uh, I thought it was interest a, a very interesting one to share. Um, but anyway, there is more to read on it. Like I said, I'll leave the the link to the article. You can see, it. and also James Deem has uh, has written a book on this too. Actually. Uh, the book that this appeared in was actually geared toward kids, uh, and it was published back in 1991. Uh, I guess uh, this, you know, kids love scary stories, and this is a uh, allegedly true scary story. So uh, why not? Uh, I don't know what to say about this one. I never heard anything like this. Um, are, 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 what were these beings doing? Are they still here? Maybe. Or what are we dealing with in this case? I have no idea. But if if they are extraterrestrial, uh, again, it goes to show that they all don't look the same. Uh, Maybe these things were uh, robots of some kind. I mean, the way they were walking, walking like uh, goose-stepping Nazis, well, could could be that they were robots uh, just let loose in the world for some purpose. Maybe they completed some mission and maybe they returned back to their cube or square-shaped craft after they were finished. Uh, But it's just an interesting case. I, I, I love the... Again, like I said, I'd love to talk to these guys if they're still around and see what they have to say after all these years. Uh, I'm sure they would have some very interesting comments. Uh, <clears throat> again, it's something that uh, you know the police, the police actually that uh, one of the police officers that uh, the uh, investigators talked to said, uh, you know, the boys must have some twelve-year-old boys don't call the police unless they're really upset about something. Uh, so they must have saw something. The police officers uh, opined uh, they they wouldn't do something like that. Young boys ain't gonna go, you know, calling the police up after, you know, for a hoax like this to, to say that they saw something like this for what purpose? It doesn't make any sense. So I I believe actually that this did happen, but uh, outside of that, we don't know what it was all about or what they were doing here. But it's a very interesting story. Uh, and there's actually some other another story that I want to talk about today. <clears throat> I know I I found there, there's a new film going to be released uh, this year in 2024 called Valensoul. It's uh it's a it's a story about uh, a true story, the incredible true story about Maurice Massé. Uh, Maurice Massé was it's a very famous story. He uh, was uh, somebody who uh, he was. And encountered alien beings back in 1965 in France, and uh, this is something I'm looking forward to. I, I didn't know about this. Apparently, this movie's been in the works for a couple of years now, and uh, uh, there was a, uh, 
it's an independent film and there was like a kickstarter type effort to raise some money for it they also received some money there's a you know they did receive a lot of money to make this movie apparently it cost a million dollars to make but they uh it should be a great story i mean a, a lot of people out there who who have who, who are interested in ufos are, are certain to uh know about the maurice Massey ufo incident of 1965 and here's an uh, an article about it it's uh, and it's, it says here uh, near the French village of Valensole, farmer Maurice Massé was smoking a cigarette just before starting work at 5:45 a.m. on July 1st, 1965, when an object came out of the sky and landed in a lavender field 200 feet away. Annoyed and assuming that a helicopter had made an unauthorized landing, he walked toward it. However, he soon saw it was no helicopter but an oval-shaped structure resting on four legs. In front of it stood two figures, not quite four feet tall, dressed in tight gray-green clothes. Their heads were oversized and with sharp chins. Their eyes were large and slanted, and they were making a grumbling noise. One of the beings pointed a pencil-like device at Massey, paralyzing him in his tracks. The figures entered the UFO and flew away, and the witness needed 20 minutes to recover his mobility. In its wake, the object left a deep hole and a moist area that soon hardened like concrete. Plants in the vicinity decayed and analysis found a higher amount of calcium at the landing site than elsewhere. Uh, it says here the Valensole case is considered one of the classic UFO reports. Investigators, Investigations by official and civilian agencies confirm Massey's sincerity and good character. Laboratory study of the affected soil and plants confirmed the occurrence of an unusual event. Subsequently, Massey confided that in the course of the encounter, he experienced some sort of communication with the entities. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I was reading, uh, there, there was mentioned in, it's mentioned in a lot of different uh, UFO literature. And it's mentioned in one of the books here from Jenny Randall's uh, Alien Contacts and Abductions. And uh, apparently there was more to the story that he never told anyone, not even his wife, Uh but it's, it's going to be interesting to see this movie now. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, here, I'm going to look it up here. I have the... Oh, this was actually... I had a... Uh, I did... Uh, th this was a French article from uh, hoteprovinceinfo.com. I had to translate it so it's not... Uh, it's it, it won't be the, the article. You, when you, I'm, I don't speak French. In fact, I, when I took French in high school, I, didn't, I did not do well. I did not do well in French, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I had had issues there, so I can't really, can't really, uh, I can't read French. But the, you could translate it with Google, and I did that. But it's not perfect. But the, it says here it's coming to the cinema, and I actually, if you go to their Facebook page uh, for the, the the director of this uh, film uh, on his Facebook page, it says that uh, it's supposed to come out this year sometime, but he he doesn't know when. And uh, so, but I will definitely, this is something that I'm sure everyone in the UFO community will be uh, looking forward to. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't know about this uh, before, um, uh, but I'm glad to know that it's coming out now. It says here, in Valence, so even if they haven't known Maurice Massé, everyone knows his story. And then it goes on and tells the whole story. Uh, uh, there was so much that, after he told the story, he went and told this cafe owner, after this incident happened to him, he, he didn't want to tell anybody at first, but the, but he did. He went and told his, his friend, this cafe owner, and 
that person went on and told the police about it and then there was an investigation and there was a, a, a big media frenzy everyone wanted to interview him back in 1965 i mean the the craft that he saw was very similar to the craft that lonnie zamora had seen just a year earlier in uh socorro new mexico and uh th- you know it was an egg-shaped craft there was two diminutive beings they were like apparently like gray kind of beings uh the gray alien kind of looked to them and one of them points this object at him and he freezes in place um yeah it's a it's an interesting story i can't wait to see this article and or see see this uh film it's going to be it's going to be i'm sure the, the interview here it's uh dominique phil hole is the director of the film Volen soul 65 and this person's also a ufology enthusiast well, of course, I think you would have to be to do a movie about this this case, but it is one of the more famous cases, uh, and it should. I'm sure the film. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated. I'll be fascinated. I'm sure uh, it it should be fascinating. Uh, I, it'd be nice to see this in 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 <laughs> image, you know, rather than just the story. You get to see what it might have looked like, what it, the experience might have been for this guy, and uh, I, I it's most most certainly. Uh, uh, something that I'm sure everyone's going to want to look into. It makes you wonder, though, you know, the, like this is one of those cases where somebody comes upon aliens, you know, and next thing you know, they're getting paralyzed in place and then they take off, the beings take off. That's if, There's so many stories like this. A lot of them did actually, there was stuff like this was happening in France back in 1954. There was uh, some cases like that, it's numerous cases, actually. You know, I think these beings, they come here with, basically they look at us like, they must look at us like we're wild animals because we can't be trusted, obviously. If we could be trusted, they wouldn't be doing stuff like that. They wouldn't be, uh, you know, using uh, stun guns on us to keep us uh, from doing anything. That's obviously, they're scared of us. I mean, you think about the Lonnie Zamora case. Lonnie Zamora stated that uh, uh, when he's, when these, uh, being, one of the beings saw him, the being was startled, right? And then they took off, right? So I think this is the same same thing here. This case here, Maurice Mosset, he he thought it was you know people there when he went first will start walking toward him, and then when he got there, he's like wow. And then they pull out a, a a device, and next thing you know, he's frozen in place for twenty minutes, and they take off. So um, yeah, I'm gonna. This is something to look forward to. Of course, I'll leave the link here so you could check it out for yourself. You'll have to do the translation on this. Uh, it's a pretty long article that talks about. There's an interview here with the uh, director of this, uh, so it should be interesting. Uh, the article, the article is interesting, and uh, I, you know, I can't wait to uh, see this movie. It should be, should be something else. But again, like I said, we're we're like wild animals when it comes to these. In the eyes of these beings, that's what we must seem like. I mean, it's just like, you know, if we were, if I wanted to investigate, uh, you know, a family of gorillas, you know, somewhere in a jungle, you know, and I was going to have myself lowered down by, you know, on a, uh, on a rope from a helicopter, uh, I'm not going to just, you know, do something like that and 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 land in the middle of a, a like 20 gorillas and say, hey, I'm here to I'm here to talk to you guys or to study you guys. You don't mind, do you? You know, you're going to get yourself killed. So you can't do that. Instead, what I probably have to do is drop a few gas bombs first to knock them down, knock them out. So then I could go down and study them or whatever I want to do. Uh, that's what's going on here, I think. I think that these beings are afraid of us uh, because we're, most likely we're going to uh, 
we could per- do violence to them. I mean, there's. I remember there was a Preston Dennett video where he talked about the whole the whole episode was about people who actually punched gray aliens. So they got abducted or whatever. They came, and they ended up you know hitting that, hitting them. So people, we are violent. I mean, look at us. I mean, look at this world. We live in this violent world. The leaders of a lot of different countries are violent animals themselves. I mean, look at that guy in North Korea, the Kim Jong-un, you know, that guy. I mean, he kills his, kills, mur- he's a murderer. The guy's a murderer. Look at uh, Putin. He drops his enemies out of, Putin in Russia, he drops his enemies out of windows when he, you know, when he wants to get rid of them. I mean, we, we're a bunch of animals. We and and a lot of these countries, you know, the, we, even the leaders are they're violent thugs. So you can understand why these beings, uh, you know, use protection. You know, do do things like freeze us in place when they come upon us because you, they don't know what to expect. Uh, any anything could happen. Uh, any you know. So I it, I get it. I understand. You know, in a way. Uh, so I don't know. I, I you know, in, in a way, when you think about it, you know, until the human race straightens itself out, we they might not ever try to really have any sort of civil uh, civil sit down with us, right? I mean, look at us. I mean, look at us. I mean, we're all we're pointing. There was nuclear weapons getting pointed all over the place here at each other. You know, people are killing each other left and right every single day of the week. You know, it's it's a, we're we're with human race. We are. We're a bunch of like wild apes running around killing each other. Wild apes with technology, yep. And uh, so I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, they have to protect these beings. Got to protect themselves, obviously, right? I mean, we, we they can't trust us. I mean, we're a bunch of thugs. Most a lot of us are. You know, not a, no. Of course, there's a lot of people who are very gentle and nice and everything like that. But everybody in this world, it's, you know, seems has the potentiality to do harm. Uh, to anybody else right i mean so if these beings were to come down here i mean even the nicest person in the world if you if you're, you you could have say have four, four beings knock on the night on the on the door of the nicest living human being in the world right what do you think there's a possibility that that nicest living living human being in the world is still going to start uh if they don't if the aliens don't use any sort of uh uh, technology to, to paralyze that person it's very possible that the nicest living person in the world is still going to try to do violence upon these beings because they're not going to understand what the hell's going on so yeah i get it i get it yep no doubt about it anyway uh i want to move on i want to talk about uh received a lot of comments uh, uh for the uh, most recent videos particularly the one about the uh religion uh uh, the, the potentiality of how the UFO disclosure would uh, affect religion. And so I want to get into that a little bit. David Longenberger asked, uh, who do you think made the ETs? Just wondering, they had to come from somewhere. And uh, I responded this way. I said, that's a great question. If you believe in God, then you believe God created everything. If you believe in evolution, then they evolved over time. It's possible that the beings coming here, however, might actually be biological robots created by other intelligent beings. Well, you know, the whole, the reality is, is we really don't know what that, we don't even know how, I mean, how the hell is any of this going on, really? How did it, was it all, how is it, how, where did it all start? How, what are we doing here? What's this all about? What is the purpose of this entire life? That's basically the, uh, if, I, if I knew that, that would be basically the, I'd be answering the mystery of the universe. I would, I would have solved that, but I don't think any of us in this world is going to solve that. I don't think, I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure if the extraterrestrials that are coming here are ever, ever, ever going to be able to solve that. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I just don't know. Um, I received the next another interesting comment here from Hex Nottingham, who says that uh, he wrote to President Jimmy Carter on January first, and he says in about four paragraphs, I respect uh, in in about four paragraphs, I respectfully and hopefully persuasively asked him to tell us what he was told that day that made him so emotional after the UFO briefing. I told him that I think it's time to tell the world and that we have all been ready to listen to him. I am still waiting on a response and will post it along with my letter if I hear back from him. Uh, and he goes on to say, and I do not need to be told something silly like don't hold your breath. I've actually written to quite a few people that, that day. If anything, try to focus on sending positive reinforcement rather than dismissiveness. Well, I can't wait. I hope he does get. I hope he does get back with you, Jimmy Carter. Um, yeah, Jimmy Carter. Of course, you know I was talking about in that episode. I I, I suggested it could what might have happened back in 1977 after uh, after uh, Carter received a briefing on UFOs, a top secret secret briefing, of course, on UFOs. He, somebody reported the, of seeing him crying. He was in tears, and I suggested that maybe the reason he was in tears because he found out that the extraterrestrials actually are responsible for the creating the human race. Uh, so yeah, maybe you will get an answer from Jimmy Carter. I hope you do. It's you you ain't gonna find out unless unless you try. So you try. So you, maybe you will get a response. Um, that would be nice. I mean, Jimmy Carter did say when he, before he was president that he wanted to really open up the UFO files. It never really happened. Uh, he, he, you know, he did do some work making Freedom of Information Act uh, requests go a little smoother and things like that. But uh, he really didn't open up the UFO files. Obviously, whatever he was told, he realized that he couldn't do it. But hey, maybe he'll he'll talk now. I mean. I wish somebody would. I wish somebody up from the from one of the our, our officials, top officials, uh, would come step up to the plate. Finally, I mean, it's about time. Uh, this is this is absolutely absurd that we're waiting so long like this. But uh, maybe the twenty twenty four could be the year. Why not? I hope so. That would be great. Intergalactic proctologist wanted to respectfully correct a figure that I had thrown out in that episode. I threw out the figure of uh, 12,000 years, saying that uh, that the aliens perhaps started to change us 12, could have uh, be, begun the process of uh, manipulating our genetics 12,000 years ago at the outset of, of humankind. And he wanted to point out that our current sapien form has been around for at least 200,000 years. Uh, I believe, but he also does believe that we are genetically ma uh, manipulated species 100%. So thank you for correcting me on that one. Uh, I do appreciate that. Yeah, because I, you know, I don't know what I was, I guess it was a brain fart I was, I was having at that moment in time. Okay, finally, I want to uh, talk about the two recent Spotify polls. Uh, for the episode, Shape Changing UFO Stuns Virginia Man slash House Committee to Receive Top Secret UFO Briefing. I asked this question. Have you ever reported a UFO sighting to the National UFO Reporting Center? Uh, 63 votes so far. Five people only, or 7.9%, said yes. While 58 people, or 92.1%, said no. Um, uh, yeah, I never did myself. <laughs> I never reported my 1994 sighting. I did talk about it, actually, uh, Back in 2002, I actually wrote an op-ed, an editorial, for the newspaper I was a uh, reporter for, um, the Hawkeye in Burlington, Iowa, at the time. 
And uh, I talked about my uh, 1977 encounter when I was a kid, as well as my 1994 UFO sighting uh, in that uh piece uh, but i never reported to the national ufo reporting center i wish i should i should have but maybe i still will maybe i'll take the time one of these days and file a report with them and let them know about what i saw i think everybody more the more people that uh uh file that file there is the better right uh, we, we get a better idea of uh of how many people see ufos uh, you have to wonder there's there's probably more way the, all the people that report to that national ufo reporting center there's probably it's probably only a small, small fraction of actual sightings. There's probably a lot, lot more than, than what you see there. Okay, and for the episode, the biggest possible reason UFO disclosure could devastate religion, I asked this question. If scientists proved that the human race is a product of alien manipulation, would your religious beliefs supersede that explanation? Uh, 12 people or 13.3% say maybe, 15 people or 16.7% say yes, and 63 people or 70% say no. They're saying no, that their religious beliefs would not uh, supersede that explanation. So no, most people say that. They're, They're not going to allow their religious beliefs to supersede the explanation. Um. I don't know. I mean, there's over like somebody pointed out. One of my followers pointed out recently uh, for one for this episode. Ta- he ta- said that there's over six thousand different religions in the world. Uh, uh, which one's right? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what there is. I mean, if you're being truthful, if I was being true, if I'm being truthful, right? The reality is I don't know what is. What what happens if, if there is a continuation of this life after death? I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people in the UFO community who say that there there is a uh, but I, I honestly I don't know. I hope that I hope that there is. Uh, I don't know though. I just don't know. Uh, I don't know how it works. None of us do. Uh, I guess that's why we have religion because we need something. We need it, but we there's no other answers so we all seek comfort in, in religion to give us that answer and there's over 6,000 religions and all of them usually the adherents to these religions all believe in that specific ideology of that specific religion but what is there are they all right I mean they can't be all right right I don't know I just don't know what I don't know what to say about that I don't know where I am with, with this I don't know what happens after 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 we die i don't know i don't know where this how did this all start where did it all how where did it all begin i know we you know scientists will tell you it was a big bang theory but they're not even sure about that and then creationists will tell you well uh, it says in the bible that uh, you know god made all of this in seven days and that's it you know i don't know i don't know what's i don't know how we got here i don't know what this is all about i don't know what it all means i just don't know uh, I'm just being truthful. I, I don't know. And that's where I'm at with it. What I do know, though, is that we're not the only intelligent beings in the universe because there's beings that are coming here. Uh, as all these stories that we talk about on this podcast on a regular basis illustrate. That's what that's the one thing I do know for sure. Uh, as for the rest of it, I don't know. I can't tell you. I just don't know the, the correct answer. Anyway, I want to say thank you all for joining me. Until next time.